0: All right. Well, I am joined today by Dr. Steve Fouts, educator and CEO of Teach Different. So thanks for taking the time to talk with me today, Steve.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And I guess let's maybe start with a little background. What got you into the wild world of education?
1: You know, it. this is one of those things where I'm going to say I was born into a teaching family. Mm. You know, it was something that I actually grew up. I didn't think that adults worked in the summer. <laughs> they, right. like, all my 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 mom, my dad, their brothers and sisters—they were all teachers. So the summer hits, and we're just together. And and you know, it, it. I realized later that oh, okay, most people go off and do other things, and teaching actually is a profession that that people choose like anything else. Mm -hmm. So it was really, I grew up into it and it's something that's just always come naturally and something I've loved to do. Sure. What did your, so were both of your parents teachers? They were both teachers at different points. Uh, I have a twin brother. Okay. um, Who, his name is Dan Fouts, by the way, (laughs) joking about the the last name. Yeah. Um, And then I have a sister who also teaches. She does English as a second language. And my brother teaches social studies in high school. And then my teaching right now, I'm doing some online teaching. I'm not in a in a uh, in a classroom, but mine has been K through 12 Mm -hmm. social studies and mathematics. I've also done some philosophy teaching on the undergraduate level Mm. uh, and uh, some community college teaching as well in the humanities. So it's just it's it's part and parcel of who I am, you know, one of those.
0: And then we'll talk about teach different here in a second, but, you know, a large focus of that is on social emotional learning. And that's thankfully become a bigger emphasis in education in general in recent years. What kind of got you passionate about that or working in that
1: arena? Yeah, it's, um, I would say on a personal level, it's really the the types of areas that I was teaching in throughout my career. I have about a 20 year career in teaching Mm. and most of it has come in the city of Chicago on the west side of Chicago in some very underserved uh, teaching environments. Mm. Okay, so I've I've always thought of teaching as much more than just content. And I think really all teachers come to this realization pretty quickly. It doesn't matter where you're teaching, right? Yep. It's like, oh, I have to be a psychologist, a <laughs> counselor. I have to do all these other things in order to get anything done in my classroom. Okay, I get it. And then you almost relearn yourself, right? You, you reprogram from the education department that you thought prepared you. But, <laughs> you know, lo and behold you know these kids they're they're just they're so they're so challenging and you know i almost all of my experience really was with some of the roughest kids you can imagine you know whatever the stereotype you have of a big urban setting Hmm. and you know students that that go home and they don't have very stable environments home environments some of them you know, they have to deal with safety issues to and from school and all the other kind of issues that they that they have to deal with that as a teacher, you deal with, you know, because that's what they bring in. Yeah. So to answer your question, it was kind of a long way to get to it. But I, I've always just kind of realized that to get anything done in a classroom, you have to connect on another level with, with you know, younger people, you know, and only by doing that, can you get them motivated and engaged in, in education. So it's been like a constant challenge that I'm always trying to overcome.
0: Right. So then moving into Teach Different, then what sort of started the the formalization of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it started actually with a, I've got to tell a small story. It's got a story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I was, this was about four years ago or so I was on the West side of Chicago at a high school hmm. and I actually got an opportunity to teach at a nearby high school okay. that I had never been a staff in. Mm -hmm. but they were missing one class period. They needed filled, okay? Now, I was in the Chicago Public Schools. It's a big system. My principal asked me, he said, hey, if I let you go in the afternoon to this one school Mm -hmm. and just teach one class and then come right back here, would you be willing to do it? And, you know, it was one of those, like they went to me because I had the experience. You know, I had been... In the, the trenches for a while. So, you know, I could handle it, right? I mean, that's right. at least what I was thinking. That's what <laughs> yeah. He was thinking. So I took this thing, and I'll tell you, it was the most humbling experience mm. that I've had uh, as of late as a teacher. Yeah. And, and it was humbling because this was a school where no one knew me. And I forgot that when no one knows you and your reputation doesn't precede you, guess what? You're a first year teacher.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, you know, Luke, I don't know if you remember back on what first year was like, but it's one of those, if you survive it, you, you, you're good to go. Okay. Yep. Just stick with it. Right. And then some people turn away from it. I was in a really bad situation. I had to get security guards basically right outside of my room. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the students I was dealing with were very similar in kind of the demographic that I was working with at my home school. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know me. And, and, and I realized that I needed support. Like I, 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 I lost control. I lost control. No classroom management at this school but here's the here's what brought it to teach different this is how teach different started here i was experienced educator having classroom management in the middle of october mm-hmm. knowing that if i didn't get control of this the entire year was going to be a mess yeah I, and luckily i had the skill set and that realization to say, guess what, guys, this is either going to go up or down. It's going up. You know, we're, we're going to get out of here. <laughs> right, we're going to right. learn in this class period. I So what I ended up starting to do, Luke, is I started to think about how I could develop a relationship with these students in a short period of time because that's what I was missing. And that's what I needed in order to get anything done. So, you know, there was a student named Jarvis, which I I can't, I'd love to share that story right now, but it's actually on our podcast. It's our podcast number one. It's one to check out if you want. Yeah. This was a a really, one of these troublemakers in in class. And, you know, I pulled him aside once and I, I basically... You know, I had a little talk with him and I basically decided from there on out that I needed to get conversations going in my classroom. And it wasn't important necessarily that it was about history because that was the class. Right. I needed to get engaging conversations where people could get to know each other. They could get to know me. So I started putting a quote from a great thinker on the board when they walked in they didn't think when they walked in they just got a piece of paper a little slip and their job was to give me your opinion about this quote do you agree with it do you not we would collect all the slips of paper i would have a student read the slips of paper out loud methodically at the beginning of every class period yeah and luke the 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 class turned yeah okay i slowed things down and i started teaching different okay this is where the (laughs) idea yeah came about i started stopping thinking I, i i didn't think about content i thought how are you gonna get them engaged in a social emotional context where they care about what it is that you're talking about and i could find these such interesting quotes You know, things like Confucius, uh, before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. (laughs) Right. So we would talk about anger management. Yeah, yeah. Or or go to Lao Tzu, the Chinese philosopher. Things like, um, the best fighter is never angry. Yeah. And and getting 14, 15, 16-year-olds to talk about this stuff was... Was the magic. Okay. So it's not like I'm inventing something new. Teach Different is more of an approach to learning and it's a reprioritization of what you should be concerned with before you try to cover content. And it's using conversations to do it.
0: Right. That's fantastic. And that kind of leads into I want to talk a little bit about the structure then of the program because I've looked at it and it really starts with and kind of revolves around conversation. I mean, would you say that? Yep. And it's one of those programs that looking at it, I can tell it's made by a teacher where I feel like sometimes we get educational resources and we kind of kind of do the tilted head look at them where it's like, I don't know if this is made by somebody who's really in the classroom. Yeah. Where Teach Different really feels to me like something that a teacher could take, and you could you could really get it up and running tomorrow. I mean, if you got it, I feel like. So maybe talk a little bit about that structure. It starts with a quote. There's kind of a quote around which every lesson is built, and then what are some of the other components to each unit?
1: Well, it's a three-step method. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you could sum it up by saying claim, counterclaim, and essential question. Yeah that really is the anatomy of the conversation. Mm -hmm. The quote is the simple text that the conversation is about. And the reason why we pick a quote is for accessibility and universal design. Mm -hmm. Because the quote is something that all students can sit there and read, and I'm talking special education, diverse learners, English language learners, lack students that aren't motivated you can't get out of it there's a quote on the board okay <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, you can't you we want to know what you think about this so that's what kicks it off but then the the conversation itself you know there's no it, you know how conversations are the good ones you're not planning these things out these are not prescribed things, mm-hmm. but what we make sure happens in every conversation is that you talk about the claim the author is making. W- what is the author trying to say? And this is common core alignment. There's a lot of you know expectations that you really do really you need to read a text and talk about what what the claim the author is making. That's important. Yeah. Counterclaim is the next big thing, you know because if you agree with Lao Tzu or you agree, agree with Confucius, that's good. But then you need to think about another way of looking at the world, which really calls him to question what the author is saying is true. And, you know, if you don't do it, someone else in class is definitely going to do it. Yeah, I, I, That's very, very important. you got to create, we call attention to the hmm. conversation, but there's probably a better word it's to keep a conversation going where you don't have groupthink, and everybody is just sitting there agreeing about how profound this quote is.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't
1: have it right. You've <laughs> yep. got to really push it. Um, and then here's the best part. The third part. So it's three steps, right? Mm-hmm. Claim, counterclaim, essential question. The essential question is the assessment piece. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm going to simplify assessment right now and say, the best way to think of assessing a conversation is have an essential question, a really big question that's tied to the quote in some way. Yeah. Give it to the students at the beginning, mm. have the conversation and then give it to them again.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you will see the sophistication. You'll see the depth. Mm-hmm. you'll see how other students' opinions affected them and how the conversation affected them. Uh, but but that's essentially it. Think three-step method when you think teach different. That mm-hmm. That's that's what we're always trying to project. Keep it simple.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think it fits nicely into a lot of areas for teachers. Like you said, it's very much linked to common core standards. And yes. I think your reading, your literacy standards, the essential questions are, you know, big in education. I think that's huge. It's kind of ready-made right there. Um, And then with the social emotional now, that that has become a little more widespread with, uh, you know, the social emotional learning competencies and stuff. Your essential questions are really tied pretty directly to those things. So I think that's a great thing. And with that accessibility for teachers, you've got some nice resources set up with each unit too. Like there's a nice little video. Um, I really liked the kind of there's a Google Doc form for assessment for students too. Um, So those are just, I want to make sure that our listeners, you know, know that I, I really think this is something that you could be implementing right away. And it has those assessment pieces right there.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the Google Doc. I don't know if we'll get into this later, but that is a perfect tool for a conversation you send them the quote you send you ask them to come up with a claim a counterclaim and answer the essential question send it to them a day in advance of the conversation you have this spreadsheet with all of their responses before the conversation right you can pick out students you can say (laughs) Share this experience you shared on this Google Doc. This was such an interesting, anyway, it's very underutilized. The Google Doc is big part of our implementation.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's huge because I've seen that with the social emotional stuff that I do in class is a lot of conversation based. And when we started doing it, maybe you've seen the same thing. Students were reluctant to talk in class in front of a yeah. big group initially. That, that's a hard kind of fear to get over. But as we build in the practice of, of responding via email or digitally, however, students got more comfortable. And then the real conversations really took off.
1: That, that's the key. Yeah. Once the students know the drill, mm-hmm. um, we have an SCL check in mm-hmm. section at the bottom of the Google form yep. where we ask the students, Tell me how you how you feel about your participation in this conversation. Do you want to be called on? Do you want it to be anonymous? Mm. Do you want to 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 verbalize your opinion? So we try to you know have the students as much as possible choose their engagement to add that level of comfort.
0: That's a great component. I really like that. Um, there, there's also with each unit, there's links to. Uh, different textbooks and things like that that are, you know, linked to that idea, that concept. So that's a great resource too. So with all of this, what is some of the impact that you've seen directly, or feedback that you've gotten from other people who are now implementing this?
1: Yeah, it's been extremely positive. Um, we don't get questions as to how you do it. Right which is always a good sign, Luke. <laughs> <For> like, <sure. laughs> you know, we'll go to a PD workshop. You're a teacher. You go to a PD workshop. Half your brain is spending all your energy figuring out what I'm going to do with this.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Okay. We mm. don't get those questions. So that's been really positive. Mm. Um, we, we just find that, that people like it as something to work in to their, to their, um, their schedule, to their routine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some, some teachers use it at the beginning of a unit, right? They schedule a really interesting conversation that they can come back to later. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, some will use it kind of the way that I was using it in my teaching setting, kind of as a classroom management tool. Yep. So they like it kind of as a, as a way to settle, the sure. students. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, others, it's, it's like Monday conversations, SEL. Mm. So it, it's been real, the feedback has been great. And we're happy to learn that teachers just, as you know, they just use it in whatever way fits their own brand of teaching.
0: Right, right. And you have on, on the website, kind of broken down to some different options for classroom teachers, for parents, for students, for homeschool. What are some of the different things that you've set up to fit the needs of different groups?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, essentially it's the same three-step method Mm -hmm. for a teacher, a homeschooler, and a parent. Mm -hmm. Any adult who wants a hook to engage a young person in a conversation. That's what teach different is for, you know, it, it, essentially we provide the same method to all of our customers. Mm -hmm. And it really all depends on what you're teaching. Like if you're a homeschooler and you're into social studies or you're teaching English, we have a lot of lessons in the English and social studies Um, And when I say lessons, here's what I mean, because we have lots for teachers as well. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We have lessons that are basically little nuggets of ideas. They're about 100 words, the write-up of the lesson. Mm -hmm. And it basically is a teacher saying something like, you know, I'm about to teach the Civil War. And I want to have a conversation about conflict. Right. So I'm going to use the quote from Martin Luther King Mm -hmm. on conflict. Right. And so we're always trying to like give ideas on how you can pick conversations that you want to have, Mm -hmm. but then connect it to something that you want your, your child or your student to want to learn academically. You know, it, the end game for teach different is how do you get young people interested in academics in school in this boring content that we're always just trying to give it to them but they don't have a connection to their real life like the connection is the conversation Mm -hmm. I mean that's what gets them into it
0: yeah and I think what I've seen from the different lessons does a great job of that where it could very easily be taken into a cross-curricular setting where, I mean, you could say this topic, this quote is very much related to something specific in social studies or in literature or whatever it might be. Um, And then, I mean, we know students want to learn. You just got to tap into what actually interests them. And I think this does a nice job of that as well, where it really breaks it down to the essential element.
1: It's it's helpful. Yeah. Um, there's nothing better than a conversation that you're actually into. <laughs> I, like They're hard to have, though, as you know. Like in, right. in education, there's a lot of boring stuff that everybody has to go through. But get that conversation going. Our blog, by the way, is the best place to go for anybody who doesn't know a thing about Teach Different. Just go to the website and go to the blog. Yeah. That's got a bunch of lessons on it. And it gives you a sense of what we're up to.
0: Yeah. And we'll make sure we put links to everything when we post this um, for people to access. And there is even, um, people can access, I think, is it five free sort of sample lessons right away too? So you can really get a a full feel of what the program is.
1: Call them conversation kits. That's what we call them.
0: Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I really love everything you've got going. What are you seeing for the future of Teach Different? What would you like to keep expanding? Where do you want to go from here?
1: We want to build lessons. We want to get teachers involved in helping us build lessons and also create more conversations Mm -hmm. so that we just have a resource for every potential teaching area Mm -hmm. out there. Um, we're, as I mentioned, we've started kind of in the humanities, in the English social studies realm with mm-hmm. our lessons, but I, science, I, I am really interested in, in a science teacher or teachers who sees what we're doing and really understands that, wow, science can be fascinating if you can get the students interested in some of these conversations, you know, about uh, there's so many possibilities like interdependence and, and photosynthesis, and, you know, maybe some of the morality that goes into the, the, the advancement of technology. I, I, science is an area that I kind of, it's my pet area where I really want to build some resources for the science teachers and the math as well. So Mm -hmm. to answer your question, it's really to create enough resources where if you're a teacher and you're looking for like ideas to get things more lively and get students engaged in your class, where you're going to have conversations with them that they're never going to forget. And it's going to keep you coming into school, go to teach different you don't have to bring a big bag with you. You you can get your ideas quickly. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like an inspiration, you know, a place right. where you can go to get inspired.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it works great for that as well. You know, I, I like it even for um, I thought it would work well in athletics. I, I am a year round athletics coach. And that's something we use a lot of quotes and athletes. It's kind of the coach thing, you know, you find these quotes that you like, but motivational quotes. Right, right. You know, but this is something that you could use and fill an entire class period if you wanted to have oh, that yeah. be the focus, but you could also use it as a start of, hey, here's just to set our, our mindset for the day for our training session or whatever too. So I think there's a lot of opportunity with that. And, yeah. and did I see on the website there's an app coming out?
1: Yeah, we're we got an app in development. Okay. Um, and it's going to be out. We're not sure, so we can't give a date. But mm-hmm. hopefully, it'll be just a really easy way to access all the resources. You know, you'll have it on your phone, so you can sit down and get a conversation going on your phone. Right. Whoever you're with.
0: Excellent. So, you know, I also want to talk a little bit about. You've been active in education for a long time. Um, active in in policy advocacy and some of those things. I went and read some of the op-ed stuff that you've written kind of on oh, yeah. uh, on social justice and those sorts of things in the educational system. So from your perspective, what is the state of education right now? What would you like to see more of in general in education?
1: What a big question. Yeah, yeah pretty broad, I guess. <laughs> um, I think that education right now is nearing the end of a cycle where data is king, and there has been a fixation on trying to quantify learning and teaching that uh, I'm gonna say has had some positive effects on the profession. It's helped develop much better structures to evaluate teachers, I think. Whereas before, we didn't have much in place. Mm-hmm. But I think, as with all things in education, and maybe all things in the world, it got out of hand. <laughs> and and I don't know if the pandemic said, you know, you're out of hand. But I, I feel like the pandemic is helping bring us back to, I think, I'm hoping in education, there's going to be a reassessment
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and a reprioritization of really what types of data we should be thinking about and worried about. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that that will will change and make a more humane um, experience for students and teachers. Mm -hmm. I think that we've gotten a little bit too far trying to use data to inform us in the wrong ways and that education has suffered a bit.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the pandemic. I, I feel like this is an interesting time and it's, it's an opportunity for us to really assess the things that we're doing on a systemic level in education. And, and I guess I'm just hopeful we don't let that opportunity pass, that we could really change some things coming out of this. And with that, I talked to a lot of different educators from around the country, and I've been very fortunate here in Iowa. um, We've actually been totally in person all year with in the classroom and in sports, wearing masks and regulations and all those sorts of things. We've been able to keep it going. How has the education setting been where you're at in Chicago?
1: Yeah, well, they've closed just about in the Chicago public schools, they're still not, um, you know, back in the buildings. Mm. It's been remote. Yeah. In the suburbs, it's back. Many of them are hybrid. Yep. But it, it had a big effect, you know, starting in April. You know, it has been a very disruptive, you know, force.
0: Sure.
1: In the schools, for sure. Uh, but again, I mean, back to looking for a positive. hmm I think that one thing it has done, it's forced teachers to develop some capacities with with online, you know, learning. Right. Sure. Like, and, yeah. and you know, I don't know if that means that we'll never have a snow day again.
0: <laughs>
1: They'll just say, hey, do right. it all online. You know, you're working.
0: Yep, I, yep. I don't
1: know what it is, but I think that there are positives. And, you know, you but like you said, we don't want to we don't want to just think of this as some crisis that we got over and then go back to business as usual. Let's use this time to reflect on what the real needs are of students. Mm -hmm. And I think if we do that, um, we can make things better. Like education will be better after a pandemic.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and to just go back to everything you're doing with your program, I think you know, one thing that we closed down last spring when kind of everybody closed down, we've been open this fall, but that was something I really saw with my students was it's harder to have a real conversation through the screen, especially with a group of students. If you've got a classroom, it's just a different atmosphere, a different vibe. And we know that people, not just students, but parents are struggling right now, financially, emotionally, those sorts of things. So I think it's a, an important time to really tap into resources like Teach Different because if it is a parent at home who is you know, trying to get through the schoolwork and struggling with that, helping their, their kids, this is a resource that they can use. It's a resource that teachers can use. And I think some of the things you have set up, like the Google Forms, make it so you can send out and give students that space. Have you seen any of that where, you're finding a fit in this kind of hybrid, socially distance environment.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Luke, we've gotten really good feedback on that. Um, we we do, we do a uh, a monthly webinar series through the National Council for the Social Studies. Okay. Um, so, what we're getting from teachers is that the three step method and this whole Google Doc idea, mm-hmm. you know, this Google form idea. Mm -hmm. You can do it completely Mm -hmm. online, completely in the classroom, or in between. Okay, Having a Google Doc is something you can have in a real class, but can be completely virtual. So it's actually been helpful getting conversations going in lots of different contexts.
0: Excellent. Um, Is there anything else, I guess? that you want to share specifically about Teach Different or some of the other resources, just so we make sure people have that information before we, you know, end our conversation here.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate the the time and able to talk to you about it. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, No, just it's, uh, you know, if you can remember Teach Different and you realize that, yes, the grammar is wrong, <laughs> but but, but teachdifferently.com was taken. So <laughs> we had to <laughs> I'd yep. love to say it was some brilliant move on getting people to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Now, we look for teachdifferently.com, didn't work.
0: But <laughs> right. uh,
1: no, I, I like it, it's really just it, it's a place for inspiration if you can use it, you know, and if, if you see the value in conversations, but you know that when you get to the day-to-day grind and how teaching just is. You don't always have the energy to come up with great ideas. Although when you have those great conversations, you appreciate them so much. <laughs> you know, you, you remember them and you talk about them. You know, we think that that's more predictable and can be more routine than you think. So you just got to be intentional about it. So I, I would leave you with that, you know, just just think of teaching different and get, go there to get inspired and go to the blog. The blog is the best place to start. There's so much stuff to look at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just second that and encourage anybody listening to this or watching this that go check it out. I mean, it, it you get a real sense of the program pretty quickly, I think. And I think everybody can find some things that would fit into any different classroom or setting. So uh, yeah, encourage you all to do that. Like I said, we'll put the links and everything up there. But thanks so much, Steve. I really enjoy talking with you. I always leave these conversations feeling energized and excited. So I nice. appreciate it.
1: Nice. I appreciate it too, Luke. Take care.
0: You too.